Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world or universe today. This is Raven Fired All, and I am the host of the Tree of Life Hour, um, brought to you by the Tree of Life Community Center, a nonprofit group of people here in the Louisville, Kentucky area, wanting to create spaces for, uh, for people of earth-based religions and philosophies. And our show is all about the community and things that we feel like the community should be talking about, discussing, stuff like that. Um, tonight... Uh, Samara will not be joining us. Uh, there was a death in her family, and so she she will not be with us this week. So um, I just want to send her some good wishes, and all, all you out there, you all kind of keep her and her family in your thoughts this week. It's been kind of a rough week for them. So tonight, we're going to do something a little bit different. We do have a guest tonight, um, and I guess I'm going to start all this up by talking about a few things. Uh, recently, I saw a documentary on Netflix. It kind of ticked me off, to be honest. It's called Take Your Pills. And I decided, you know, I kind of thought, you know, maybe we should do a show about ADHD. And there's thing, you know, there's been some things that I've heard people say in the community that have just made me want to, like, I don't know, just, say, just like shake them and say, you don't understand what it's like to be in my brain and stuff like that. And, of course, full disclosure, those of you who do hear me and Samara talk a lot on the show, both of us have ADHDs to varying degrees. Um, Samara has one type where I have the other type. And my type was very noticeable at a very early age. So we're going to kind of talk about all this and um, to kind of help talk about all the ADD stuff, I figured who better to drag on with us to talk about ADD stuff than a parent who is personally my parent, actually my mom, has uh, generously agreed to give up an hour of her evening and to talk with us about ADD and all the fun stuff because I see it from my perspective, she sees it from a parent's perspective, and we have multiple perspectives going on in the community, and we should be kind of talking about out there. I mean, people joke all the time in the community, make ADD jokes all the time, and talk about, you know, how you go to a festival. It's like herding cats and stuff like that. And it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, a whole bunch of ADD folk. So anyway, without further ado, we're going to go right into the topic. So um, I guess <laughs> you could probably explain me as a little one better than anybody else. Well, um, I feel like I was lucky as a mother because I have a niece that has ADHD, and therefore I was around her. She's older than Faith, than Raven, and she <laughs> and she has varying. Um, activities and varying actions that are similar and then not similar. But I, I was lucky, and this helped me recognize it. And so 
I realized that Raven was showing signs of ADHD at a very young age. And she... How, how young are we talking here? Um, well, before you were three. <laughs> before you were three. And Raven liked cartoons, but she couldn't sit long enough to watch the cartoons. So when I brought it up to the doctor at that time, he put her on a low dose of Ritalin. And for the first time, she was able to watch cartoons and other TV shows that she was interested in and always be interested in. So I, uh, I, you know, tried to help her through this, but there wasn't a lot out there, really. And what... I guess to explain to our listeners, what years are we talking about here? Because some people are going, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there for kids with ADHD and whatnot now when they're little. But, you know, I guess in the early 80s yeah, when, <laughs> when you entered school. Right, right. So that's, So just full disclosure, I was born in 76. So we are talking now... 
by then there were some resources, and we, we hunted for the resources, and then some people could guide you towards some resources. Maybe it would help you find something that you didn't know was out there. Medication is an, is an option. Um, we also took Raven to Taekwondo. This helped her immensely. Her focus and also she could feel good about herself. We would attend tournaments here in Louisville and out of town. And she would win trophies. And this would make anybody feel good about themselves. Uh, skills can be a problem. So there were group therapy sessions on the weekends and also Girl Scouts during the week. And then also on weekends, they would have school Girl Scout activities. Mm-hmm. And this helped immensely. Uh, she she finds she she would help find uh, things to do that would help towards social skills. She was always looking for something. And you need to find your vocation that fits you. Once you're out of school, you can pick your friends and your job. Raven helped by finding and looking for all these resources, but it was all possible with the help of med- medication. Yeah, and there and believe me, there's going to be some interesting stories, and I'm sure she's going to embarrass me with here on the radio for you <laughs> listeners out there because there are some stories, believe me, of me out there. But the one thing I wanted, one of the things I wanted to say is, you know, I'm, you know, the question is, is are you ADHD or is ADHD a part of you? And I've gotten to the point where it's just kind of a part of me. It's the way my brain works. I, I'm i incapable of making it work any other way. I've tried. It doesn't work. It really doesn't work. Um, and for I guess for people who don't have ADHD, there's a couple of really good analogies I can give you. Um, the one I like to use is I'm sitting in, in, in like, my, the way my brain works. I am sitting in a room with 50 televisions. And those televisions are playing my favorite 50 episodes and my favorite 50 shows all at the same time. And I'm supposed to focus on this one's little TV screen right over here. But there's all 50 of these shows all going on all at the same time. Well, all this information's coming in at once. Most people with a normal brain can go, that's irrelevant, that's irrelevant, that's irrelevant, that's irrelevant, that's irrelevant, and kind of filter stuff out. The ADHD brain kind of lacks that breaking mechanism, that filter. So instead of being able to focus on this one screen over here, I'm in the back and I'm just looking at them all at once and trying to go, okay, 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 <laughs> and and trying to trying. My brain is trying to process 50 things at once, and there, you know, people see it. People who are around me see it. Um, uh, the other way um, that I saw on the documentary this guy talked about was that his brain moved like a stop picker, which to me is more of a one-channel view, like it's a slower view, but, but that's, that's the way he described it. 
Um, another analogy I've heard people with ADHD, we, our brains, we have like these Ferrari brains and our brains go so fast. The problem is, is that the brakes we have on our brains are like bicycles. So you've got to race our brain with bicycle brakes. <laughs> so basically what the medicine does or any of the therapies and stuff do is they basically kind of help your brain um, put on the brakes so to speak. And like, I've tried a lot of different things. Um, you know, for me, med- medication is the best thing. It helps me the most. It's not the only thing. And actually I don't take my med- I don't take my pills every single day. Part of it is because I live in the U S and medication is expensive, especially Vyvanse. Don't get me started on the insurance companies because I can go on and on and on. And that's not what this episode is about. So, what the what the medicine medicine's one thing that kind of helps put, pull the brakes in. It works. It works great. Um, other things that worked for me, um, like when I was in college, especially studying for exams and stuff, and this drove people absolutely bonkers. Who were around me when I was studying. Heavy metal, the louder, the better. The faster, the better. I'm talking your speed metal bands and stuff. I could put it on. All of a sudden, I've got this going on in the background. I can have, because I, I remember for the holidays when New York got me that five disc CD changer. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> I would put five CDs in, hit shuffle, and like I could go for a couple hours and actually be able to retain. And the one good thing about my brain is, is that I can retain stuff pretty quickly. Um, it's kind of one of the things that I'm kind of thankful for that my brain can process stuff normally and I can retain stuff quickly. I can, I can read stuff and it's not like, you know, I'm very thankful that I do not have dyslexia or or that I had problems reading math. That's a whole other story. But, you know, that was kind of a hack that I learned early on and like at work, a lot of times if I'm in the middle of doing something and I, at one point in time I had a job where I worked in an office by myself, nobody bothered me. If I was doing something that was like super, super, I really needed a lot of attention. The band of Monomars is excellent. Um, yes, they are a Swedish death metal band, but they have a really, really fast drum beat. And it's something about that really insanely fast drum beat that would keep my brain from going down 5,000 paths because the music's in the background, so it's kind of shutting off all these other TVs. It's drowning them all out where I can just work, look at the one television. Um, other stuff that works. Um, meditation kind of works to a degree. The problem is is that for me it either has to be guided or I have to do a meditation where, like, I'm either doing crochet or coloring or something like that because otherwise – my brain doesn't like it. I don't like to sit still very much. Um, I'm not sitting still where I'm sitting. I'm, no, I, know, I know that. And she's over here. She's over here actually laughing at me because I've got a pencil in my hand and I'm twirling it everywhere. Um, but, you know, there, there's stuff out there. And there's certain things that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that, you know, we had the insurance growing up that we did. 
because the insurance did pay for some of the group therapy and some of the cognitive behavioral therapy that I had when I was younger. Um, it actually paid for a child psychiatrist when I was younger, who it was, you know, where they were able to hone in and get the right medication plan and whatnot that would work for me that would allow me to be successful. Not everybody does that, and not everybody has that. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think what else I can really uh, say. I guess I, I guess real quick. Um, I'll hit on the medicines real quick. Um, usually you're, you're talking, when you're talking about ADHD medications, you're talking about two different medication classes, um, your amphetamine class and your methylphenidate class. Um, your amphetamine class is Adderall and Concerta, or Adderall and Vyvanse. Those are the two biggies in the amphetamine class. In the methylphenidate class, that's your Ritalin and your Focalin. And then there's other derivatives of Ritalin and Focalin. So, like, the drug you hear a lot about, and especially a lot about people abusing is Adderall um, or Addies, stuff like that. Um, you know, it, as far as looking at Adderall, it's probably the one that has the most potential for abuse, uh, and that's just because of how it works in the brain. Um, Vivance, not as much, because they found a way to manufacture Vivance. And Vivance is what I'm currently taking, um, to where it, your brain doesn't like it as much as it likes Adderall, is, is the, the English way to describe it. I could explain it in the more chemical version, but unless you're a healthcare provider, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> but that's, that's the, that's the, differences. And then when you're dealing with the Ritlin side, of course you've got Concerta and Ritlin, which are the two brand names. Um, methylphenidate, you've got Focalin, which is death methylphenidate. And of course I've been on Ritlin and Focalin. And then of course there's another version that I absolutely love that I became allergic to called Datrana, which I think was probably my favorite of all the medications I had ever been on. And the reason I liked it is it was a skin patch, and I'd wear it, and um, the dose I was on, it put, a, a, like, an extremely low dose of Ritalin in my system, like two, I think it was 2.2 milligrams of Ritalin an hour, and it would work for about 12 hours. I became allergic to the adhesive, that's why I can't take it anymore, but it really helped a lot. Like, I felt, I really didn't feel an on and off with it, like, and, and you'll hear people with ADD kind of talk about an on and an off. Like with the focal one, I could feel the moment I knew it hit. Um, the Vivance, I know my Vivance is just onboarding. It, it doesn't hit me like focal one hit me, but I can still tell, you know, oh, hey, my focal one's now working, or my Vivance is now working. Um, but it's also not the only tool out there. Um, some people, the medication works great for. Some people can't tolerate the medication. Some people can't tolerate the effects of the medication. Um, and there's other things that you can do. It's just a matter of finding out what works and what works for you. Um, I, I don't know. Let's see. I guess one of the things I do want to ask is what was the first the first time you gave me Ritalin? What happened? Because apparently this story is actually kind of funny. 
Well, we had bought you one of those uh, small tents that you could put up in, like, the corner of a living room. And so I had gave her Ritalin, and she had was inside the tent and going in and out, going in and out, and I had put cartoons on. And the next thing you know, she's laying half in and half out of the tent, and she's watching cartoons, actually watching them and laying there watching cartoons. And it was amazing. And so it felt good to her, too, because she wasn't running all around the house, bouncing off the walls, which she did do. And I'm not talking, we're we're using a euphemism for bouncing off the living room walls. No, literally, there's stories of me going like a ping pong ball from one from one mm-hmm. wall to the living room mm-hmm. to the other because... I have all this loose energy, and I didn't know what to do with it. I'm just kind of trying to run it off. And I would try to ask her to sit down. And she would sit down, but then next thing you know, she'd be sitting over a foot over from where she had originally sat down. About two minutes later. Yes. (laughs) And then maybe she'd move to another chair to sit down. It was impossible for her to sit down. And that cannot feel good. No, it it, it, it didn't. I mean, some, and some of the stuff that she's talking about is a little bit before memory, before I have, like, solid memory. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, the one thing, at school, like, I never ate lunch at school. Mm-hmm. Hardly ever when I was, especially when I was in elementary school. And what it was was, of course, at the time I was on Ritalin. The trick is with Ritalin is you have to realize that, especially when the extended release version came out, mm. it suppresses your appetite like you would not believe. Vyvanse does it, Adderall does it, all the stimulants do it, um, and you have to find a workaround. Um, I find that usually for me, I eat something right before I take my medicine because then that way, you know, at at about the halfway mark of my pill, I'll start feeling a little bit of hunger. Um, But, like, when I was in school, I didn't know any of this. but, But, like, I wouldn't eat lunch. And then I'd come home. And then for supper, I'd just, Mm-hmm. Eat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, she she was hungry then. <laughs> Did you not eat lunch? No, I wasn't hungry. <laughs> I wasn't hungry at lunch. Well, you know, come to find out, that was a a side effect of the medication. Um, and then I, I think when I was on the short release, home there was homework hell around here. Oh yes. <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to explain homework hell or not. Well, um, we'd be sitting at the kitchen table, and she'd be working on that dreaded math. And next thing you know, her pencil dropped on the floor. And it took her forever 
to lean down to get that pencil. She just could not get a hold of the pencil. And then finally she'd get up and we'd work a little bit on another problem. Of course, math was a problem anyhow, as she spoke of a while ago. <laughs> and uh, But like she said, luckily she could read and she really she likes to read. She always has. And she, but when she was younger, you know how you read to your children. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> We'd sit on the couch. She'd sit next to me, and she'd be up just a real short time later in another room. I'd tell her, come back, come back. I'll, I'll start reading again. She'd come back, but then she'd be in in the, another room again. But she she does like to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, and and that, I mean, that's the thing with it. It, you know, you're wound up like a top. You've got all this energy, and you don't know how to how, how to channel it. Meanwhile, your brain just won't slow down. And I mean, there there are times when the way my brain works is very beneficial to me. When they're, you know. I, I I tend to like it when chaos is flying all around me, and I have to make 15 split decisions in like a 20 second time frame. For me, that's great. That's perfect. I can make that. That's not a problem. Oh, you know, I don't have to sit there and think things out. It's also a bad thing too because um, people with ADHD, a lot of us are rather impulsive and. I'm really impulsive, and um, I think, you know, it's kind of the, for some things, like if you're working in a healthcare setting, being impulsive a lot of times is great, especially when you're dealing with a life or death emergency. You know, you know you're like, okay, I need to do this, 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 or this, and this, so that this person can get through this, versus, um you know, if you're doing something that's not that way, you I don't I don't know to think of it. I can't really think of a job that isn't outside of healthcare. Um, but sometimes impulsivity is bad. And it's very bad when it comes to money. That's a good example. Because because uh yeah, money burns a hole in the pocket and ooh, this shiny thing, I'm gonna buy it. Oh crud, that's I just spent half the rent money on shiny things. Oops. Um, that's happened before. Um, and it appears when she's younger that with these behaviors that she's misbehaving. And then that get, that would get her in trouble. And uh, some of the teachers understood and some didn't. This one teacher, she had a background in special ed, and she was really great. And then she would give a, give me uh, help by what she had done. And so, yeah, because she was the one that played classical music in the mm-hmm. classroom all the time. Right. And that got Faith interested, of course, in music. And then uh, when Faith hit high school, I would attend, I was already attending, of course, the learning disabled uh, conventions here locally, and I asked Faith if she wanted to go. 
And so, yeah, that sounded interesting to her. So she would attend sessions that was that was interesting to her, and then she could, of course, have a conversation with me about that later on. And then one of the sessions I attended during that period of time, the teacher played the beat of rap music. And so Faith says, yeah, hip-hop. Yep. You know, and, and that makes sense. And the teacher didn't play the words. It was just the tempo. Yeah, some of the old-school hip-hop stuff. We're talking um, Grandmaster Flash, um, some of the old-school hip-hop, NWA. They've got a lot of stuff like that, Dr. Dre, Snoop. Um, a lot of them have that same heavy beat. And, and that's the that's the big thing that, like, I've learned. For me, it's that that steady beat that will actually help calm me down and keep me going. It'll kind of focus my brain in that, that really fast speed. Personally, I like speed metal and death metal better, but that's me. That's a me thing. And, and that's what helps as you, as you grow up and mature, you find out what helps you. And that makes a big difference uh-huh. because as parents, we're hunting around for something that helps. And what did help, was that some some of the teachers were very helpful, and when the teachers and the parents can work together, yeah, that means a whole lot to the child because she sees good examples of people cooperating as she's growing up, uh-huh. and that that really helps. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that does help. Um, yeah, um, and of course. The other things that, that happen, though, if you're um, the ADD kid in class is always the kid. The teacher will say the question. You're the kid who blurts out the answer without raising your hand. I don't know how many times I've done that. Five thousand times, probably. But it's really helpful if you're on a quick recall team. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess real quick, we're kind of at the halfway point of our show. So I am actually going to kick us over onto a quick break, if I can scroll through the song. Yep, there it is. Um, I'm going to play a song by Murphy's Midnight Rounders, and it's Spirit of the Lake, and then we'll be back here on the Pagan's Night Radio Network. Forevermore, rain keep pouring down, rain keep pouring. 
Deepers like the water, her eyes as black as coal. Her right hand grip your shoulder, her left hand grip your soul. Don't walk down by the water, don't go down by the shore. You'll never make it home again, you're hers forevermore. Um, 
and whatnot. Um, but the documentary, it's on Netflix right now. It's called Take Your Pills. Um, we're, I'm not getting any money or anything from this. This is just kind of me talking about the movie um, and my mom, of course, uh, kind of from the perspective of someone who, who has ADHD and then from a parent who's raised somebody with ADHD. I, I still don't know how she did it without, you know, going nuts. <laughs> Humor. <laughs> okay, humor, that's how you did it? Uh, you're right. Okay. But um, one of the things that the, the movie, like, talks about in the beginning is kind of like everybody's like, oh, this is a smart drug. You know, I hardly had to do anything to get prescribed this medication. Um, people in college abuse it left, right, and center because they need it to study so they can be at their best and perform at their best and this and that and this and that. And it's like, you know, I'm just like, seriously, seriously, apparently on college campuses, it is a big, big thing. Um, people do like to sell their scripts on the side. Apparently people do deal on the side with their medications. I never have. Um, honestly, for me, it's too, number one, Vyvanse is too flippin' expensive. Number two, all the hoops I have to jump through to get my medication, it's my medication. I ain't sharing it with anybody. And then for those of you all who don't know, um, the ADHD, especially the stimulants, your um, anything that's in either the amphetamine or the methylphenidate class, they're both considered a Schedule II controlled substance right up there with an opiate. So, you know, passing off a Vyvanse to a buddy is kind of like passing off pain pills to, you know, kind of like selling Vyvanse is kind of the equivalent of selling pain pills, except people... I guess don't necessarily think that they're dealing in pills when they're sharing their scripts. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that was kind of the, my first impression that was kicking me off. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, people. You know, people talk about, well, I feel great, this and that. Yeah, you know, that's all well and good. But you, you can kick down, sit down, focus, and do all this stuff. You don't have to literally do all this stuff, you don't, for some, my, for some of my impression was some of these people didn't need it. Like they were taking it and getting scripts and not needing it. And I was like going, ah! And I don't think the medication necessarily is overprescribed or anything. It's just there kind of are ways to game the tests maybe. People have learned kind of how the tests work now. Where back when I was diagnosed, there wasn't as much information out there about the test. Right. Yeah. The, there's a certain, um, there was something on the documentary that because of the fuzzy boundaries, it is difficult to choose how to, how to treat what not and and what is not, what how to treat it and how how to not treat it and one of one of the things that we did do when Faith was younger it was suggested by the doctor to have her tested for allergies so she showed positives for a number of allergies and she took allergy shots for about twelve years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why growing up I couldn't have milk 
because milk right. would wind me up. Yes, and white bread. Milk and white bread. I was not allowed to have that growing up. We found that out. Um, oh, yeah, that crazy diet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember the diet. <laughs> yeah, it's where we had her tested, and they suggested she go off Ritalin when she, before she entered school. So we tried it, and what she had one day, she couldn't have again for four days. And there's not that many foods that a, a child likes a lot of times when they're young and trying to find something. Sometimes right. at, at night for a snack, the only thing that she could have was lettuce because she couldn't have anything for four days of what she had, had ate. And wasn't it, I think it was sugar-free back then, too, and then I couldn't have any sugar. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I had it, to be sugar-free. And, by the way, that's kind of a myth, sugar and hyperactivity. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, me on sugar, me off sugar. Is there any difference? No. As a matter of fact, her first-grade teacher said something to the counselor about that in the afternoon when the kids have earned uh some kind of reward a lot of times of course that's candy and she said there is no difference in in uh raven and she she wouldn't get any more active than she already was but uh, and and so the counselor agreed and so here was the teacher seeing the same thing as the parent yeah and so if if you can find some of these resources out there, and I'm sure there's more now, oh, you, yeah. you don't have to totally be uh, where you have to have that medication that you can uh, try these other resources and these other therapies. And uh, Raven, we wouldn't have her on the medication during the summer. And the difference between school time in the summer, it was immense. But fine. You, were, you were counting down until summer break was over. I know you were. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, so, and so finally, uh, it, she, she would get better where I guess I got used to it, too. During the summer, the joke the joke is when we were going uh, back to school shopping. If you've ever seen the Target commercial where the parents are going, it's the most wonderful time of the year and dancing through the aisles of Target. Yeah, they must have figured out that the model did not work. And uh, so, because I'd still try to climb the walls. Yeah, yes, she does, and. uh, that's just faith, and she's she's learned to control it, and that's how what we were trying to do when she was growing up to help her learn how to control it herself. Because mm-hmm. you know, like we said, there's side effects to the medication, and you don't want some of those side effects. And she couldn't even have her medication on the weekends during school either. She could just have it during the week. And that way, the effects that it might have on your liver, uh-huh. that would cut down on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, even to this day, I, I usually only take it 
Um, my Vyvanse, I tend to take it on work on work days, and then like anytime I feel like I'm going to need the extra concentration, I'll take it then. Um, but on my off days, I don't take it as much. And number one, Vyvanse is expensive, but number two, I'm trying to kind of stretch my strip out. Um, the other thing that happens when you're on stimulants long term. And thus the reason I'm currently taking Vyvanse is tolerance. Um, I was on Daytrona, worked beautifully. Um, I started having an allergic reaction to the medicine. We tried creams and stuff, site rotations. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. I had to take it off. I had to take it. I had to, I had to quit using the patches. So then... I switched over to Folkland. Folkland was doing great, wonderful for a long time. And then all of a sudden, it my body had become so tolerant, the brakes weren't working as well anymore. So then it's like, okay, well, we're going to add another medication. They didn't add an, another They didn't add another stimulant. What they did is they added Wellbutrin in. It helped. It helped boost the Folkland. It was doing great, doing great, doing great. And then all of a sudden, for me, it felt like, where's the brakes again? And so I went back to my doctor. And that's the other thing is that if you have a condition like this, seeing a doctor, especially seeing a psychiatrist, seeing a good psychiatrist that you can communicate, not one that you go in, oh, hey, here's your script, and kicks you out the door. You know, one that you go into, and it'll be like, okay, how are you feeling? Because that was the other thing that they were talking about in the doc, you know, that people would go in, the doc would write the script and then kick them out the door. Mm-hmm. You know, my doc, I go in, she's like, okay, how are you feeling? What are the side effects? You know, she makes me quantify on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, where's my attention? Where's my anxiety? Where's my focus? How's my energy? She makes me quantify everything, which for me is great. You know, that gives her kind of, for me it's great because that kind of helps me kind of dial in and the trick with the medication is, and this is something that I've heard from a lot of doctors who treat people with ADHD, is they want to have the medication that basically medication for someone with ADHD should feel like you're putting on or taking off a pair of glasses, that you're still yourself. You still feel like yourself. You're still essentially yourself. Basically, you just need the medication to help zone your brain in a little better, just like somebody who would wear a pair of glasses. You're still yourself. You still, you know, you are who you are, but, you know, you have to put on the glasses to kind of help you see better. Um, That's kind of one of the things that, you know, I, doctors do that. I mean, it's just, all the doctors I've been to, they have been very big about things. Um, I've had genetic tests done. Fortunately, um, I didn't. I wasn't able to have them done until I was adult. But it found out a few things, and it helped my doctors tweak my medication even more. Oh, hey, we found out that this is why this wasn't working because of this right here. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna prescribe this, and I also want you to take that. And for some people, with what you've got, they actually have to start going down on this other medication over here. Like, oh, great, wonderful. And that's the thing, you know, I, I take on top of my um, my three pills for, you know, my three, what I call my morning pills, which is my ADHD med, my Wellbutrin, which boosts my ADHD med, and then 
Um, a lot of people with ADHD, we have problems with anxiety and depression. So I'm also, I also take Prozac. I'm not lying about any of my meds, you know. And then there's also a couple of vitamins I take that my psychiatrist wants me to take because she she's like, well, you know, that's going to help boost. And then, you know, the goal, like her goal is ultimately is to keep me on as low a dose of medication or possibly take me down doses as long as possible. I mean, that's kind of, and that's honestly why I like this psychiatrist. She's not trying to just hand out pills willy-nilly. Um, and there are doctors out there who does that, who do that. But that's one of the things. That's how, how I kind of know I have a good psychiatrist. Um, for people who do have ADHD, I always recommend going into, like, the ADHD groups online. Um, because that's actually how I found this psychiatrist. They, you know, because I was having issues because what had happened is I had hit tolerance with my medication. And I went to back to the one doctor I was seeing at the time, and I kept telling him, you know, something's wrong. I don't have the same amount of focus. There's something wrong. Like, I can't focus. I can't slow the brain down. You know, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. We're maxed out on the focal windows. We can't go any higher. We've already upped the Wellbutrin where we can't go any higher on the Wellbutrin. Something, you know, my whole thing, I kept saying, something's wrong. Well, that doctor wasn't listening to me, and so I went online. And, you know, I wasn't going online to drug seek. I was going online just to, you know, to find a doctor who could maybe figure out why is this going on. Well, come to find out, she found out, yeah, we now know what's going on. There's a little bit of a genetic mutation in there. You were kind of on the wrong medication, and you hit tolerance. But she came to all that conclusion by a combination of genetic tests and blood tests and, psychi- and psychological testing. Um, you know, uh, some of the other stuff, I think, in the doctor t- ticked me off as a football player. <laughs> I wanted to smack that man. <laughs> I wanted to smack him so much um, because he got a therapeutic use exemption for one of the medications. Ultimately, he got in trouble with the NFL for testing positive for performance-enhancing drugs that wasn't the medication that he had the therapeutic use exemption for. It was the other. I think he was on Adderall and he tested positive for Ritalin or he was on Ritalin and tested positive for Adderall. But he kept talking about how he kept having to take more and more and more and more. And to me, that's a sign that, you know, his doctor should have picked up on that. That's something his doctor should have definitely picked up on. You know, it's different if, like, say you're on the medication two, three years, four years even, and said, hey, you know, the medication isn't helping as well. I need to go up on dose versus someone who may have been on the pill. I'm not talking about patients who are newly diagnosed. I'm talking about patients who've been diagnosed for a while, who've been on the pill, and they'll go, like, oh, hey, um, they maybe go six months, hey, the medicine isn't working. Another six months, hey, the medicine isn't working. Another six months, hey, the medicine isn't working. Hey, the medicine isn't working. And they're saying that like every six months. That's kind of a sign that they're headed into abuse. And that um, is kind of one of the reasons that Vyvanse was brought to market, especially for adults, because it has less of that drug-liking effect that Adderall has. And it was, it's... Um, it's a complicated way to explain it, but basically it doesn't hit the pleasure centers in your brain the same as Adderall does. And that's why I don't hear as many people going after the Vyvanse because 
it doesn't hit your brain the same way. Um, personally, I I was quite glad that when I told my new psychiatrist everything that was going on, she's like, okay. She's like, we're going to take you off the methylphenidate class. She, and then she said, she's like, have you ever been on anything in the amphetamine class? No. She's like, usually, you know, usually I go to Concerta, or not Concerta, usually I go to Adderall. But she's like, you know, with your history, I want to try Vivance. She's like, you know, for the adults, Vivance has worked a lot better in, in, in my experience. I took it. It worked right away. Um, I had one I had one more visit where I came back to her, and it's like, you know, hey, it's working at 75%. And she's like, you know what, we're going to take the dosage up 10 more milligrams, and then you're going to come back in a month, and we'll see what happens. Went back, I'm like, it's working exactly like it's supposed to work. Okay, great. I've been on that dose now probably about three or four years, something like that. I mean, that's, and, and, and that's the dose that works works for me. But, you know, also sometimes therapy works, uh, meditation works. You, you have to kind of figure out how to work around your own brain. Um, I know they were talking about that they're wanting to do research with LSD. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work. Um, I want to see the double-blind randomized control studies to see what that says. I'm a big believer in, you know, especially when it comes to medicine and science, looking at your randomized controlled studies and seeing what they say and seeing what the science bears out. Um, you know, that's kind of some of the stuff that's out there. Um, yeah, the football player, though, he really got me. I'm just, I, I wanted to smack him. And then he's like, no, no, now, now all I do is mindfulness meditation and it works for him. That's how he was able to figure it out. Russell Simmons swears by yoga and meditation. Great, that's what works. That's how you can. That's how it works for some people. Some people it just doesn't. And and they say, the other thing is people will say, as an adult you grow out of it. I wouldn't say you grow out of it. Actually, my dad just walked in the room and he just shook his head. No. Um, <laughs> um, it's just you have to learn how to channel it in different directions and how to use it different ways. Um, me, like I said, right now, I think I've had the same pencil in my hand since the beginning of the episode, and I'm still flipping around with it. Um, another thing, like tonight, I took my Vivance about, okay, right now it's 10 till 10, or no, it's about 5 till 10. I took my Vivance right about 7.45 and what, took about 45 minutes? Right. Before it kicked in. Mm -hmm. And Vivance for me is a lot subtler than the other medicines. Except for the Daytron, and Daytron, Daytron was subtle, but like took took about forty five minutes to where um, the medication helped me just slow down and help focus. And I still focus on my brain. I don't, you know, my whole thing is the medicine takes me down to looking at five TVs instead of a room full. So, but five TVs, I can handle five TVs. That's nothing for my brain. Um, well, what helped Raven so much as she was growing up was the Taekwondo uh -huh. because you had the activity where y'all where they were moving constantly constantly, and it would teach her to concentrate and to hone in on what she's supposed to be thinking and watching 
And then also there's the social aspect of it. Yep. And so that is a big help to have along with medication. Right. And, and you know, for some kids there's other sports that, that, that do the same thing. It, you know, right. some of it is finding out, finding what works. And yeah, not T-ball. <laughs> no, not T-ball. Not T-ball. Not T-ball. Yeah, not T-ball. Faith, uh, Raven was, <laughs> was out picking the wildflowers in the field instead of watching the ball. Luckily, she didn't get hit in the head. Well, wildflowers were more interesting than watching this little itty-bitty ball. There was more things going on with the flowers in the itty-bitty ball that I could barely see. So I knew we needed to find something <laughs> else, and it took a while. We tried dancing. That wasn't it either. And so eventually we did get to the the taekwondo. <laughs> yeah, and that's what helped. Um, I know some people have talked about gymnastics, it helping, um, running for some people help, hiking. Um, but, you know, and the one thing I do want to say to people out there, because I've heard this comment, and it's something that has kind of gotten to me. Um, people say, you know, oh, you can fix everything. You don't need medicine. You can fix it by meditation, this alternative therapy, that alternative therapy, diet, this, that, this, that. You don't need to rely on the medication. For some people, that is true. But I want to say for most people, it's not. I mean, for some people, you can handle ADHD without medication. Medication, And if you can, that's absolutely wonderful. I'd love to know how you do it. I really would because, believe me, $200 a month is quite expensive. And I would love to know how you handle it. You know, like people are like, no gluten, no sugar. Tried that, did that, tried that, didn't work. You know, mindfulness meditation. Yes, I can sit still or be still long enough. Yeah, yeah, no, that you know, and and that's the that's the thing. For some people, some things work, and a lot of times with ADHD, it's kind of a complex <laughs> thing that you have to figure out. I mean, there there are still things that I admit I'm not good at. I stink at organization. Don't come into my house. It's a mess. I'll admit. Um, grocery shopping, I, I don't make lists. Um, I'm really bad at forgetting things. Recently, I just started keeping a post-it note, post-it pad in my car, much to Ulf's exasperation because he he was on it on me about it for a while, and I'm just like, no. Um, <laughs> and I started doing it, and it's actually helping me, which you know, and that's the thing. Um, post, I know, yeah. There's stuff. And the other thing is, is you've got to find a career that works for you. Um, I'm the type of person that if you put me behind a desk eight hours a day, five days a week, eh, eh, no, I need to be able to move around. I need to be able to do stuff. Um, and that's, that's another thing that, that you have to do, especially if you're an adult with ADHD. You have to figure out what works for you. And um, you have to figure out what works for you, and you know, find the right career. Help, you know, healthcare. Healthcare is great. Healthcare worked worked for me. It's what what I'm in, and it suits me. It suits you know the fact that you've got this. You know, it, it suits both the brainiac side of me and the fact that I like to stay moving. 
So, and that's the thing. Um, I know there's some good resources out there. Um, a few things that I would recommend to people with ADHD, um, Attitude Magazine, I flip and love those guys. That They've got a good thing going there. Uh, it's not just for people with ADHD. They've got it for parents, teachers. Um, there's um, ch the group called CHAD, C-H-A-D-D, Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Disorder. I think that's what they stand for. I know they've got local chapters everywhere. I know there's a local chapter here in Louisville that, you know, I, I actually find their message boards quite helpful. Um, there's different groups and stuff on Facebook. Um, a big thing, honestly, is, is especially if you're an adult and you have it, is getting around other people who have it. Because then you find out that you're, you know, because for years I would go and think, oh, my gosh, my brain is broken. I am broken. And then you get around other people with ADHD and you're just like, no, my brain's not broken. Um, but that, that's some of the stuff that's out there. Um, good therapy, I mean, having a good support system, that's what's going to help. I, I don't know of anything else that I can really add to this. Because um, I think we are almost to the point where um, the Internet is going to kick us off the Internet for the evening as well. And, of course, you know, Here's my mom over here. My mom is this organized and has 5,000 notes. Me, I'm doing everything from the top of my head. <laughs> but for those of you all who listen to our show, you hear me and Samara do this every week off the top of our heads because we try to outline and we always, two seconds into the show, we have to wind up just going off the outline, throwing it in the, in the trash because, well, when you have two people with ADHD hosting a show, squirrels happen. That's kind of why we have the title of our episode, Chasing Squirrels. That's kind of where it came from um, because, as a friend of mine said, and I think this is obvious, I think this is hilarious. I don't have ducks in a row. I have squirrels, and they're at a raid. <laughs> so that's kind of one of the things um, I like to think about. Um, so anyway, um, until next week, uh, we won't be doing current events this week because Samara isn't with us, and Samara's the one who can actually keep track of all that stuff on her computer. Um, I don't have it on mine. Um, we will see you then. I know she has a special guest next week. I figure she will let you good and kind people know who it is. Um, I believe um, her guest is coming from the cold north, um, if, which means from Canada. And um, until next week, we will see you then. And to take us out, I'm going to play a song by Jack Montgomery and Water Sprite. They're a little band here out of Bowling Green, Kentucky. And the song is called Roots of Oak. So until next week, this is Raven Fire Doll from the Tree of Life Hour here on the Raven, here on the <laughs> Pagan Tonight Radio Network. Wishing you all to be safe out there. From the north Brings with it Edges I owe the heaven Off of the hill Just begun Is my journey 